the child influencer industry is finally being regulated, how lighthearted is girl math, and is Venus retrograde to blame for all the breakups? I'm Jazz. And I'm Maggie. And you're listening to Culture Club, our fortnightly chat about pop culture, current affairs, the internet, and our lives. We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people are the traditional custodians of this land we are on today. We would like to pay our respects to elders past and present. We'd also like to celebrate the rich history of First Nations culture and storytelling that we're continually learning from. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. It's been such a big week for both of us. I feel like we've been go, go, go. We've had a lot of fun things happening as well. I feel like Leo season is really Leo seasoning Mm. right now. Like the events are happening. Work is busy again after a bit of quiet. Like it's just go, go, go. But it's really fun, right? Yeah. This morning was a highlight though. I mean, I think by the time this ep is out, you might have seen on our socials, but we got to meet one of the coolest people. Ever. In our humble opinion. Um, yeah, we went to the launch of Troy Savan's new range, which is called Sue Lang Yor, And we were at the pop-up in Fitzroy, Gertrude Street. Um, that's only there for a week. So it'll be halfway through by the time you listen to this, if you're local. Um, otherwise, the range is launching Monday, the 21st at 11 a.m. I know oh, this because know I just made a TikTok on it. I've <laughs> <laughs> just been reading the press releases. Um and yeah, we got a first sneak peek and I really enjoyed it. What yeah. did you like? We haven't ex- actually explained what the launch is. Yeah, let me let me give them the details, right? Let me take you through the media preview as well. So the whole brand is a beautiful homewares and lifestyle um, offering that's made by Troy. It's all made in Australia. We've got a selection of fragrances and candles and some like homeware decor mm. items as well. It's really luxe, it's really beautiful, and it's really quite like unique, I would say. Um, and yeah, it was held in Fitzroy, which is where the pop-up is. We got in, there's only like 20, 30 people, would you, 30 people, yeah. would you say? I'm really bad at numbers. Um, girl, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it is definitely luxe. Like there's an oil burner, which mm. is close to $300. A beautiful dreidel, which mm-hmm. is the Jewish game. Um, that was, I think it was $1,000. And that's a lot more luxe. Like, wow. I think they said there's only 250 made wow. at the moment. Um, the perfumes were about 190 Yeah, about $200. Um, but they were beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, we're actually talking to his mum about yeah. it. She was so Laurel. lovely as Shout well. Shout out to Laurel. Yeah, our new bestie. <laughs> um, and she was saying, like, how nice it is for not just Troy to have created this, but he also um, designed it and came up with the concept with his brother Steel. Um, so she was proud of the fact that it's like a unique fragrance range, not like just slapping your name yeah. on something like the celebrity um, perfumes that we might see at Chem's Warehouse or even like in Sephora or whatever. Sure, that has its own market, but I think it's really cool that it was launched in Melbourne, mm-hmm. obviously where he lives in Carlton, close by. So, yeah, if you're a fragrance fan, get in. They're, like, really – some are really light, some a bit more woody, Mm. wintry. The candles are divine. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I always think, like, what draws a celeb like Troy to make something like this Mm. because it it wouldn't be money. Like, money's not an issue – 
Troy's not starting a side hustle because he needs some extra cash. And this is like a really involved process. Like that's mm. the thing. Like you can see like, wow, a lot of thought has gone into this. A lot of time as well, mm-hmm. I would say. Um which I love, but I'm like, is it just like a hob- like a hobby? Well, he I saw on his um, Instagram or TikTok or both, mm. he made a video speaking to camera and saying that it was kind of a result of his Architectural Digest yeah. tour. So, like, everyone was obsessed with that tour. Obviously, we spoke about it on the podcast. We posted about mm-hmm. it. One of our favorite houses in Melbourne. And um, he was saying that when he sees people in the street, like, They'll come up to him. Obviously, they know him, but they'll mention his house first yeah. or the Arc Digest video first before being like, "Oh, and I love your music." Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was a big reason why. And he, the space that we were in at the pop up was um, designed by the same mm-hmm. uh, designer and architect who did the um, his house, which is called Flax Design. Um, yeah, so it's lovely. Like there were the actual artisans there yeah. at the launch. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we could go on and on and on. Clearly, this was a very, very good launch. <laughs> Aside from celebrity meanings, mm-hmm. should we get into some pop culture news? Yes, let's do it. Let's start off in the world of celebrity couple sightings and some new potential lovers in the sphere <laughs> of pop culture. So Harry Styles is rumoured to have another love interest. We did mm-hmm. post this on our stories the other day. Uh, we adore this headline from the cut. <laughs> Harry Styles and Taylor Russell, dating or walking? Which is so freaking true. Every time a big celebrity like Harry Styles or Teresa Vaughn or someone like that is papped, either just walking or in a bar with someone, it's like, oh, my God, the new couple. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's really ramped up since tiktok like yeah. that used to be a thing with magazines it was like oh are they aren't they but they kind of would get a couple of meetings and sightings under their belt before proclaiming like are they a new couple and now it's just like the one photo or are they are they love interests yeah i know it's so funny i think the walking shot in particular is such a sign of a potential couple just because you know we've got all those really staged walking photos in the past i always think was it anna armis doing that laughing shot with um ben affleck and she's like ah, she's like healed over with a mug that's right but they actually were together yeah i don't even care that was like the <laughs> fake like um, all the captions were like girl no man is that funny it's like yeah, true. we've all been in that position mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. so funny um and it really isn't um so i do think that's where kind of that stems from it's like can, can a man and a woman just be walking down the street together in this day and age without rumors yeah amen so it wasn't just the walking pap shots as well so taylor is starring in a play it is called when the effect um and there was one audience member there that caught everyone's attention and that was harry styles so it was after the show as well that they were spotted cozying up to each other at a party, which fueled the rumors even more that they are a couple. Do you think they are? Um, I mean, they'd be beautiful together. They kind of make sense together with his history of kind of like famous, beautiful women. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I believe it kind of, um, but they also could just be friends. But in my head, I'm probably like, they're probably seeing each other. What do you think? I think they're just, I think they're seeing each other. Yeah. They're both two beautiful, beautiful beautiful. individuals. Um, If you don't know who Taylor is, she's a 29-year-old actress from Vancouver and she recently starred in that movie with Timothy Chalamet, a cannibal movie (laughs) called Bones and All, which I couldn't watch. I'm such a scary cat. Even though it's Timothy, I was like, I'm going to miss that one. 
Um, but oh. Harry Styles allegedly loves that Taylor is a brand no, ambassador. It, this is this is messed up. This is why I hate hate those um, magazines that are like sources close to so and so say because this is the exact quote that was given to the publication. Harry loves that Taylor is a brand ambassador for luxury label Loewe and is set to take to the stage in London next week. Mm. That makes it sound like the label is meant to is set to take <laughs> know, to the stage next week. But like how silly is that? Just like the brand dripping kind of like PR machine, whoever is um, submitting these quotes just for, you know, the little like, oh, yeah, she's working with this brand, like pop that in like, oh. I don't think Harry's going around being like, oh, I love that. I love that she's partnering with Love. I can't even say it. I love that she's partnering with Love. Harry Styles is not the only famous lad of the table. We got served some incredible pictures this week of Irish icon Paul Mescal. An anonymous source wrote into Dumois, saw Paul Mescal looking cozy in Lucky's Meath Street, Dublin, with Irish influencer Keelan Moncrief. She's now unfollowed her boyfriend, Jay, too. So seeing this name next to Paul's was like, what is happening here? Because Keelan is like a staple in the YouTube scene. She's like a lifestyle influencer. Yeah. I follow her on TikTok. I only found her on TikTok. I didn't know she even mm. had a YouTube. Um, but I literally last night watched one of her videos where she says that she's broken up with her boyfriend and they have like a, a baby yeah. like who's a few months old and she says in the video that she didn't want to play the role of woman anymore she mm. was like i'm already being pulled in so many different directions by this baby i didn't want to be like a caretaker for anyone else which is so wild like good on her she's like i'd rather be a single mum yeah than have to take care and like mother two people kind of thing I was yeah like, wow also that's my biggest fear yeah of becoming a mom yeah dead set and it's actually a reason i'm going on a tangent here it's actually a region a reason why a lot of women end up like not wanting to have sex with their partners mm. because they see them as a dependent mm. which therefore is a child which therefore obviously you don't want to have sex with your child <laughs> so you then become turned you're not attracted to them because they're not stepping up as a caretaker mm-hmm. i'm not saying that's what's happened here at all i'm just repeating what she said in her video yeah what a weird like pair yeah so random because I associate her to like the days of YouTube I used to watch. So when I watched her, it was kind of like the chaotic story time kind of vibe. She'd do kind of like face the camera, like chatty videos mm. is what I used to watch with her. She like had her sister on quite a lot as well. And she's like a podcaster now. She's one of us. <laughs> if she's got a shot, maybe we do. <laughs> um, but we have been seeing more of um, Paul Mescal as well. He was papped with Phoebe Waller-Bridge, which Icon. was amazing um but it is i think because he's got a new film coming out called foe where he stars across saoirse ronan um and they play a married couple yeah this looks very cool i didn't see the trailer i just saw the picture maybe Mm -hmm. the trailer hasn't even come out Mm -hmm. but um it's set like 40 years in the future but it looks really like a period piece so it's kind of like apocalypse vibes yeah so i'm ready to see my irish So as we know, it's not only, you know, the summer of people getting together, it's also the Northern Hemisphere summer of breakups. And the other week I couldn't explain why Venus retrograde is perhaps a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, That's when we're talking about Ariana breaking up with her husband. 
Um, but Laura Pitcher, who we reference a lot on this podcast, she's amazing. She has read out for us before. Um, she read my mind and wrote a whole article on why Venus retrograde may be to blame for all the summer of relationship chaos. Yeah, because let's recap, because there have been quite a lot of breakups in previous months. So Ariana, like you mentioned, Sofia Vergara that we talked about the other week, Taylor Swift, of course, Billie Eilish, even um, the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, which is quite random to have in that list um and jeremy allen white and his wife who he has two kids with um i saw him commenting on a few like celebrity like instagram photos recently as well being like wow (gasps) it was a beautiful woman a beautiful celebrity woman and he was like wow so he's like thirsty all over the internet oh my god so funny he's been papped making out with someone else which is fine he's splitting up with his wife but just saying yeah I mean, in the last two weeks, I feel like there have been two really big breakups that people are talking about. One of them has, like, scarred me. <laughs> Not that it's dramatic, but I've been thinking about it, like, every day since I found out. Um, that is Anna Paul and Glenn, by the way. Thoughts? Did you – are you heartbroken like I am? I saw that when the Matildas were playing. Yes. So, like, it was the same night, right, yes. Wednesday night. And so I was just, like, I couldn't actually – like comprehend it i couldn't take it in i think because like matilda's playing but yeah it's very sad i think you put me onto anna paul mm, um mm-hmm. i really like her content i think she's very sweet for people who don't know her do you want to explain who anna paul is okay so anna paul is around 23 24 years old she's an australian OnlyFans creator and content creator she's massive on tiktok she does um a lot of content around like daily vlogging and travel which people love her for and just in general she's really well loved for her um comfort kind of like content she puts out like she's a really wholesome figure mm. um yeah and she's just like really endearing really sweet and lovely i feel like she's on her own plane in a way yeah. because she travels all around the world you know in business class but um she posts you know photos videos of luxury bags um but then she has this like wholesome vibe as well and she treats her family to a lot yeah. of things she buys her parents tickets overseas because they didn't they weren't born with money like they mm. grew up poor mm-hmm. so she's very grateful so i wonder if that's what it is like the gratitude and like being humble and grateful to have the life that she has now is why people aren't turned off by her because so like so many people are like oh, luxury influencers like mm-hmm. fuck these people kind of vibe but she's got that sweet spot i think of like being very sweet and endearing while still promoting like a luxury lifestyle yeah so she broke up with her boyfriend of eight years mm-hmm. um glenn apparently it was a mutual decision yeah. sometimes people grow apart so she only mm-hmm. been together for so long at such a young age and we also have one that isn't really surprising yeah. just gonna say it that britney spears and her husband sam ascari um have split after one year of marriage with sam officially filing for divorce this week yeah this is kind of sad news like we're just seeing it online as well because you're right it's not a massive surprise but you kind of like the reason why i feel disheartened by it is like i feel like britney has been put through the ringer like when is she going to catch a break right like this was such happy news i think when she was married or like Mm. you know with her partner and we thought that this would like signal a turn and everything but it just really hasn't felt like that no and a lot of comments coming out 
from this news have been like, ah, so this husband is like every other man in Britney's life. But there has been a very recent update on that news because Mm -hmm. people have been saying that Sam is challenging the prenup and threatening to exploit his ex-wife with videos. But then um, he's come forward and said that that's not true. And Sam's rep, Brandon Cohen, said all these claims are false as no negative intention has ever been directed towards her and never will be. Sam has always and will always support her. I hope that's true. Mm. That actually makes me feel slightly relieved for her Mm -hmm. because I was just like, oh, my God, this poor woman has been through the absolute ringer for the last 20 years. And now the one person she thought she could trust is going to exploit her and blackmail her. Yeah. Um, so I really hope that that's true yeah. and they respectfully go their separate ways. Yeah. At the time of recording, she hasn't commented on any of this stuff, though she has posted on like social media being like, I'm planning to buy a horse. <laughs> so, yeah. So I love that. I love that. And I hope that everything's going okay because like I think a lot of the time when we speak about Britney stuff, we're like – very much in the dark Mm. it's a lot of speculation it's a lot of trying to read between the lines so even with all this information in front of us i still don't really know what's going on in her life nor with any celebrity let's be honest but especially her yeah 100 percent. so do we think that um this is because of venus retrograde okay let's talk about it i want you to give me a rundown and then i'll tell you my verdict at the end okay So I couldn't explain this myself because I'm not an astrologer. I do love astrology, but I'm very selfish in my love for astrology. (laughs) I know what my moon, sun and rising mean, what it means for me. Um, But when it comes to the bigger things like retrogrades that affect everyone, I'm just like, well, we're all going through it. So Mm. whatever, it's fine. (laughs) Um, But Laura in this article, which is titled, It's Been a Summer of Relationship Chaos, was written in the stars for Vogue US. Laura speaks with astrologer Alice Bell, who is great as well. If you, She's really good on um, Instagram. Mm. She does these little carousels like every month, every new moon. She says what it means for your rising sign. So love her content and her work. She also has a book out at the moment, plug. So Alice says that the breakup energy in the air is a result not only of Venus being in retrograde, but the fact it's happening while in the sign of Leo. Alice says, what happens with Venus retrograde is it tends to magnify relationship patterns that you keep repeating and it brings them up for inspection. Um, It happens every 18 to 19 months. So what's significant about this one is that Leo is a very dramatic sign, which might be why there's more drama, but it's not always a bad thing for relationships. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you and Tom have been going through anything right now, repeating any patterns. Well, this is a thing. I'm like, no, but I can like pinpoint other times. where that might have been the case but obviously it's not like and you and like you said it's not always a bad thing so it could be Mm. like a good thing but keep going and i'll keep i'll tell you my verdict yeah (laughs) well yeah it like alice references that in the piece she said if you're in a good well you know good is subjective but Mm. a good relationship and there aren't any issues i wouldn't worry about a breakup out of nowhere it's more that the relationship might be a bigger focus and even people getting married is super common um so it's not it's more just about Venus retrograde and magnifies anything in your relationship. Yeah. So if you have issues in your relationship, it's gonna be magnified. If you're happy, that could be magnified. So mm. it's actually kind of nice. Okay. So my verdict, right? I I believe in the stars. <laughs> I'm just un 
I'm not too convinced about in general the bre- the, the summer of breakups mm-hmm. because I do think yes we can list like eight or something eight big ones but I do think every year this is a cycle that always happens yeah. potentially there's like 20% more I think that's kind mm. of the scope here I'm not convinced but it's all like people are also talking not just about celebrities but about people in their like own circles that this is happening as well again I'm not convinced I wonder if it's almost confirmation bias right Mm -hmm. it's like this happens all the time but because there's been a little bit of a pattern of like some celebrities and a few people you know the Vogue piece references I think three everyday people who are going through big breakups and divorces um it's like they happen all the time but because we're aware of it we're talking about it more which therefore it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy that that will happen Mm mm-hmm Hmm. And I'm the biggest, you know, I love astrology. Yeah, and same. So. I, I, I believe in the retrogrades. <laughs> I believe I in do, I do, I do, I um, do. But we'll see. I'll need like another like few really massive. Oh, I mean, we did this week. I'm just thinking now with like Anna Paul, etc. Maybe I still need a couple more to fully convince me, I think. Mm. There have been quite a lot of new kind of teen queer rom-com TV shows that have been coming out in the last few months. Have you been noticing this? I have noticed and I don't watch them. <laughs> okay, homophobe. <laughs> I know, it sounds so homophobic. I don't know, I never, I've never seen Heartstopper. I don't know. I saw a very funny video on Twitter of mm-hmm. um, it's two drag queens sitting on a couch watching, I think it's Heartstopper or something, and they're like, the caption was like, when you're an adult watching these like teen movies and they're like just kind of cringing a bit in a, in a positive way though of like everyone goes through that teen angst and like to watch it on screen. I don't know. Even the summer I turned pretty, I'm like, yeah, I don't I know if I can that. go back to mm. like teen teen energy, teen angst, like everything feeling like the end of the world. It makes me like want to curl up in a ball. But I have heard really good things about them. And I love, like, it's great. It's yeah. great that, for that representation. I'm not homophobic. It's great for them. <laughs> no, because I love Heartstopper, but I haven't watched season two mm-hmm. yet. The other main one that I'm seeing everywhere is Red, White and Royal Blue. Yeah. Have you read this or seen it? Well, you haven't seen it because you're homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> JKS. <laughs> I want to watch it because I'm not homophobic. <laughs> no, I want. I do want to watch it. I started reading the book, but I think it was during COVID and mm. I just like if, if fizzled away. But um, I'm really keen to see the movie. Yeah. It looks very good. Does it? Yeah. And it, I've heard good things okay, um, good. at work. A few friends like Bella um, and Lachlan, they have been loving it and recommending it. Okay. So, yeah, I'm tempted. But one of the actors, like the one thing that I've heard this week is that the British actor Nicholas Galtzine, um, he's like a main a main character, one of the love interests in Red, White and Royal Blue. But apparently he has a really interesting past and family that kind of went viral on Twitter this mm. week. Okay, this is the most random story 
I think we've brought to the table before. I love it. Um, and just a quick recap of who Nicholas is. I didn't know him by name, but if you look up his pic, you're like, oh yeah, like I've seen mm. him in a few things. He's in that. Like, he's like in that category of like Netflix heartthrob that they're like putting into all these new things. So for instance, he's in Purple Hearts. He's in um, the 2021 Cinderella, the one that everyone was making jokes about. And also The Craft Legacy, which is a Netflix film I've watched. Um, but let's dive into like the weird, interesting history that may or may not be true. Mm. Let's just put that on the record. So a gif of a scene from Red, White and Royal Blue was going around on Twitter and someone captioned it. The way this gif only exists because the Russian Revolution forced the Golitsyn noble family into exile. So today, Nicholas Galitzine has to have an actual job and not rely on centuries old family wealth. OMG. So you sent this to me and I was like, what? (laughs) Wait, what? Yeah, but um, you're right. It has been making the rounds. That tweet has over 23K likes and we are obviously not the only ones curious about it. Thank God for Teen Vogue who did a deep dive. Bless their soul. Um, So let's look at what they found. So Teen Vogue wrote, of course, we don't know for sure the details of Galatzine's family lineage, but here is the hypothesis. Nicholas Galatzine's mother is Greek and his father is Russian. The last name Galatzine is a spelling derivation of the name Golitsyn, making him a likely descendant of the House of Golitsyn, a family of nobility during the Russian Empire, though the family itself descends from Lithuania. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> we just had like a minute silence for me, like just trying to digest this, even though yeah. I've read it like three times. <laughs> So Teen Vogue kind of pulled out a quote from this 19th century Russian memoirist, Philip Vigel, um, who wrote, So numerous are the Golitsines that soon it will be impossible to mention any of them without the family tree at hand. So I guess insinuating that, you know, they have a lot of descendants. Okay, so the piece kind of continues and um, Teen Vogue writes... The family was founded in the 15th century, descending from the Grand Duke of Lithuania. Over time, the house had split into four branches, okay? And by the 1700s, one of the branches lost its influences and died out. In 1917, all but one branch was were exiled or extinguished because of the Russian Revolution. So... Just to summarize that in kind of layman's term, right? This is what I think is happening. <laughs> Nicholas's great, 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 great grandparents were like of nobility. Like they yeah. were royal. royal. They were royal. Then because of the Russian Revolution and other things that happened, right? You know, that family line was split into four. And over time, like three of them were exiled or like extinguished, mm. meaning only one branch, like so maybe a quarter of them still retain kind of that like nobility and stuff leaving the rest of them and there are a lot of descendants out to fend for themselves in the real world is that what happened yeah you got it culture club history (laughs) it's very you like i feel like this is like up your like lane i'm such a history nerd i love it i did it for i actually did the russian revolution in year 11 Mm. and chose i think uh modern history as like a year 12 uh, subject love that ancient and modern in year 11 anyway fucking nerd <laughs> i find this so interesting but the joke was very funny of like now he's just an everyday man he's like an incredible actor but 
he does look royal. And I think that's a reason why he was cast mm. in the movie where he plays a British royal. Like, he has yeah. a royal face. My thing when you said, oh, he has a royal face, I was like, mm, I believe there is incest in his lineage. <laughs> Very can you see that? I can't. I can't see that. Okay, he's very fine. handsome. He's handsome, but like handsome. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Something's going on there. What began as a radio segment in New Zealand has quickly turned into a viral movement, and that is the subject of girl math. Had you heard about this before? I was like, we should talk about it. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I was like nodding when you were like, yeah, it started on the radio in New Zealand because that's a snippet I saw on my TikTok. Mm. Like they made a song and I was like, random. (laughs) And then then you did send me a really interesting um, reel about this topic. So I'm really excited to unpack it. I love that we just went from history class to maths class. Yeah. Economics 101. So if you haven't heard what girl math is, It's essentially justifying a purchase. So if I wear a dress 50 times, it's basically free. Or if I return an item that I bought for $90 and then I buy something for $100, I've only spent the $10 because that $90 had already gone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So I totally understand it's lighthearted. And I think that we should definitely be thinking about cost per wear. This is a rule that's been around forever of like Mm -hmm. if I invest in an expensive dress and I wear it 50 times, I'm getting cost per wear out of it. That is definitely a thing in sustainability as well of like making smart purchases. So I think it's important to think through things like that. Mm. But I just don't like the way it's being phrased and I don't like the way, one, that it's called girl math. I feel like it's very patronizing and I think that it's not helping the stereotype that women are bad with money. Mm. It's making us seem really dumb in terms of like, oh, like I'm going to spend this much money on Taylor Swift to get. Like you should do that if it's what you want to do. You shouldn't have to justify your purchase of the Taylor Swift tickets, which I have done when Mm. I did buy my tickets. Um, But if you can financially afford something, you've saved, you work hard, you know you'll get enjoyment out of something, Mm. you don't have to justify it to anyone and be like, oh, girl math, like ha, ha, ha. I don't know if I'm being really hard on this, but it just really frustrated me Mm. because we know that like we shouldn't be using it to justify impulse spending and financially irresponsible behavior and kind of like promoting being financially like loose, I guess, especially when we're going through a cost of living crisis, which is hitting young people the hardest. And the fact that older women are the fastest growing group Mm. of people in Australia experiencing homelessness. So if we have this like, girl math, it doesn't matter. I can justify buying this expensive dress or impulse spending on makeup because I'm just a girl. Then you're not saving for your future. And then we have like, I'm not saying that that's the reason why these older women in this demographic at all. But like as women, we have to be educating ourselves on money and Mm. not relying on anyone else to come in and save us and it's like something that i'm super passionate about as you know i've been working really hard on my own money story over the past like 18 months and educating myself and like i just think that perpetuating this stereotype that women are or girls which is so patronizing are bad with money only harms us all um especially when we know that women make better investors than men like there's actually stats that show that when women invest we actually perform better um so the real i'll share the real now snippet now it's from simran court who is the founder of girls that invest 
follow them on Instagram, TikTok, etc. She also has a book out. Um, she's a great financial educator. So she made a reel and I'm just going to play it now. And initially I was like, yeah, that's funny. It's just lighthearted. But I realized it's actually quite detrimental because if you think about all the little things that we tell ourselves about our relationship with money and how we are with money, even if they're self-deprecating jokes, they start to add up. Women are good with money. We save more money than men. We invest better with the money that we invest. We are really good at managing finances. We are really good with maths and numbers. But girl math assumes or kind of associates being a woman and being bad with math in the same way that we associate being a woman and being bad drivers. Men crash more, and yet we call women bad drivers. Women make more money in the stock market, and yet we're saying girl math. It just it doesn't add up, and I'm not a fan of it. I know that I'm going in pretty hard on this, so I want to know what your thoughts are. It's funny because I haven't actually seen too much discourse or like examples of Mm. this in the real world yet. So I haven't been seeing how people are using it to like excuse their quote unquote like bad financial behavior. I thought it was more lighthearted, like just like, oh, how we think about money in abstract ways, Mm. especially like pertaining to like more feminine things or Mm. something. But you're right like we are kind of made to dumb things down a lot or like to seem kind of like dumb about things like maths and stuff like that um which i don't relate to like i i i love saving money (laughs) like i love um finding like empowerment Mm. in the way that we deal with finances as well is that girl money like i don't know like that does that fit into that narrative probably not um i enjoy that it is encouraging conversations around like cost per wear and like money is such like an abstract like fake made up concept anyway so it is kind of funny that we can like dive into that and be like oh yeah like um because i didn't buy a coffee yesterday i'm five dollars richer today which i say that to myself um it can be nice to bring some of that joy but I think you're so right. Like we can't just minimize it all and just like play it off as like a bit of fun if like, you know, that's not the reality and we need to be talking about finances seriously as well. Like it's a scary big thing and you're right. Like the maybe the more that we use language like this, it differenti- like it separates, separates us from the men, like the investors, the, the, the money men, <laughs> you know, girl math and money men. Yeah. Yeah, the two genders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree and I think I wonder if I'm passionate about this as well because Mm. I struggled so much with maths in school like yeah I think that's why it's hit such a sore Mm -hmm. point is like I was all my friends were very good at maths I was always in the jet like the bottom of the general maths Mm. class I remember multiple times I said this last week crying in class yeah very emotional but I would like literally be so overwhelmed by maths that I wrote myself off Mm -hmm. I was like I'm bad with maths. I'm never going to be good at maths. I'm bad at saving. Mm. I'm bad with money. It was like a story that I would tell myself over and over until, yeah, like the last year. And I was like, wait, I can actually educate myself and like become better at something, like put something into practice, right? Everything is practice. And I think that if we use girl math as a lighthearted joke or meme to justify spending like, oh, well, this money's not real because it's cash or Mm -hmm. this money's not real because I'm going to get a thousand dollars next week mm-hmm. it's like no that money's still real and like you're still spending it yeah so i have a very like kind of harder stance on it but there was also an article in refinery 29 by elizabeth galino which is called is girl math really helping the girls and i think that article is a little bit more balanced of like 
there is some fun in um, in like what you said, thinking about money in abstract ways mm-hmm. and bringing joy and like emotion, I guess, because emotion is tied to money no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, but bringing kind of like fun, girly emotions into money can also be positive. So in the Refinery29 piece, um, Elizabeth spoke to a financial expert called Tori Dunlap and um, they gave some really great quotes. So one that I love is um, she says, it's stop spending money on lattes or manicures or designer bags. It's not football season tickets or video games or golf clubs. We're told that the reason we're not rich is because we're spending money. And then we're told to stop spending money on things that are innately feminine. Yeah. Such a good point. I agree. And also we're always told that those things aren't valuable and not worth your money. But so true. Where's the discourse on like, oh, girls go out shopping all the time, but it's never boys go to the pub every weekend and spend $500 at the pub mm. or the pokey or whatever. I mean, I do think those com- those conversations are happening in different circles, but when it comes to like financial expertise and like how to save money, mm-hmm. it's very much like stop getting your nails done. Yeah. Yeah. So I do understand why that thinking could also be positive of like, just because you want to spend money on traditionally feminine things doesn't mean you're being frivolous with your money either i i did feel a little bit of judgment because i bought vip tickets for taylor swift mm-hmm. i did feel a little bit of judgment from mm-hmm. a few people around me who were like oh my god like how could you spend that much on an artist and it's like well it's my money <laughs> yeah it's true i'm glad we're having more real conversations like this like i look to people like the broke generation mm-hmm. who is just so bang on at being like i feel relatable and smart like Mm -hmm. she doesn't patronize her audience she treats them with respect but it's all rooted in reality and like like (laughs) the very real financial situation that lots of us find ourselves in because i do think the financial space has been obviously like male dominated for so long like barefoot investor blah 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 blah. but then i do feel like like the the compromise we've had to have is like the girl boss millennial like girl power womanhood money money talk which is great and like resonates and relates to some people but i don't like i think that feels very 2016 so i think like the space we're moving into now is really like promising and that's what i mean by i find it patronizing is like we're already statistically so far behind when it comes to like um earning money there's Mm -hmm. obviously the pay gap and things like that and that's why i feel like girl math is bringing us back even more or it's keeping us where we are because it's like <laughs> girl mouth yeah. uh, just like just finding these frivolous purchases whatever um when yeah it should be more about like women can save money too or like you, you know women can invest like investing is seen as a scary like male dominated thing which it is um but you know when you see the stat that in america women could only open their own bank account in 1974 which was the year that my mom was born oh my God. like we are so far behind we've caught up in a great way but like we have further to go so yeah i'd love to hear what people think about girl math if i'm being mm-hmm. too hard ass on it um i think it, it was a fun little song and stuff for this radio segment but yeah i just want to like nip it in the bud let's <laughs> stop talking about this and if you want to hear more from emma edwards who is the broke generation we referenced earlier we did an interview with her a couple years ago now so don't judge us for the sound quality or anything but yeah it's um in our archive if you want to listen to that Thank you.
It's been a long time coming, but finally there are legal moves to protect child influencers. It sounds dystopian to say, but honestly, in this day and age, like it's needed. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's why it's been so long. It's kind of like people um, and lawmakers not really taking content creation seriously 100%. and being like, well, whatever, they're just little videos. And now it's like these kids are getting older. These parents are making millions of dollars, thousands of dollars, and their kids are like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. So there's a gap now. Um So Illinois in the U.S. have created legislation that, quote, creates a private right of action for child influencers against their parents that featured them in videos and did not properly compensate them. Yeah. So this is groundbreaking. This is the first state in the U.S. to regulate kid influencers. Um, We don't have, to my knowledge, anything explicit like this in Australia that references like influencing and content creation for children. Um, But it is such a growing space. Like we talk about it all the bloody time here. Like we think about kid YouTubers who do like toy unboxings. We think about family vloggers. We think about like kids who yeah are filmed essentially just without their permission um but this case of legislation is really interesting because it was actually spearheaded by a 16 year old teenager she was just concerned she's not herself a content creator or anything but she was just like hey like that's cool. why don't we have anything about this so she went to her rep and started this conversation and that was on, like that was less than a year ago as well yeah, good on you. Like, that's pretty big to be like, I don't like this thing, and then going to change it. Yeah. That's inspiring. Yeah. So she's 16 years old now, um, but when she went to the senator's office, she was like, this is the quote she provided in an article. When I went into it, I wasn't 100% sure what I was doing. I didn't go into it expecting a bill to pass within a year. I'm very grateful for the senator and his team for paying attention to a constituent. So the new law, which goes into effect on January 1st, 2024, adds kids on social media to the state's child labor laws. Mm-hmm. It requires that children aged 16 and under be compensated if within a 30-day period they're not in at least 30% of a video or online content for which the adult is being paid. The person making the videos in which the child appears is responsible for setting aside the gross earnings in a trust account for the child to receive at age 18. How do we feel about this? Good. I mean, you ho- you'd hope that most parents or influencers were doing that anyway, mm. but I know a lot wouldn't. Like we've yeah. seen even child stars of the past, like Dylan and Cole Sprouse were victims of this. The McCulkin family were mm. also victims of this. So yeah, like your parents... Um, basically taking your money and not saving anything for you, even though you're working your ass off as a child, which is wild. Yeah. Um, so this, I think this is a good thing. This could only be a good thing. Yeah. Like I'm actually pretty impressed by mm. how explicit, like, you know, they must do this kind of thing and like to have this in, in the law feels like a really great move. The only thing is that it is up to the parent or guardian to like, um, to regulate this for themselves. Like it's not being like monitored legally. It's not being oh. enforced in that way. Um, but there are things like legal um, avenues for children to kind of like get the money or whatever when they turn um, 18 or when they become an adult. So this will help, I think. But hopefully, yeah, no, like children don't slip through the cracks. And in an ideal world, they'll all get their money's worth. 
This does coincide with Alison Stoner's new project, Dear Hollywood. So Alison is a former Disney star. Mm-hmm. I watched them in Camp Rock, Cheap by the Dozen, Phineas and Ferb, like all the iconic, iconic shows, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Yeah. Um, super iconic. They also danced with Missy Elliott in a oh. bunch of music videos wow. back in the day. They were like a really great dancer. Um, so they are super vocal about being a child star and they're about to release a podcast, which mm-hmm. I think I will listen to. The podcast talks about drug addiction, psychiatric hospitalizations, decimated fortunes, sexual trauma, incarceration, suicide, and just like being a child star in general and how traumatic it is basically. Yeah. I saw this pop up on my TikTok, like a video from them like promoting it and it started in a very grabbing way, which was like recently I went on a Zoom call with former like child stars, like former they didn't say Disney kids, but, you know, like mm. blurred out like all these um, child stars, like, you know, having these conversations about this. Um, and it's really intriguing. Like, of course, in recent years, we've had so many more conversations about this. I always think about like Drew Barrymore or like um, Matilda, like the, the actress who played Matilda. Like there have been bits and bobs. And I think with Alison's project, they really want to involve even the public. Actually, they're like, we actually like we want this to be a broader conversation. We want this to be almost like a collective action of s- some s- sort. So really excited to see what comes of this and to listen in yeah and i wonder if this will american law will inspire australia um i feel like the mummy like vlogger thing is a less big here and also we earn a lot less money on tiktok compared to america like Mm. the american vloggers are earning insane amounts of money so it'd be interesting if it ever makes it here but i think it's very needed It is now time for our recommendations. In the last week, Jazz, is there something that you've loved watching, reading or listening to that you want to share? I feel like I'm breaking book club rules here, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it for the Culture <laughs> Club listeners because we have a book club next weekend. Yeah. So everyone's getting scooped before actual club. Anyway, I'm recommending the book that we're reading this month, which is called Our Wives Under the Sea, and it's by Julia Armfield, who's a British writer. And... It's the story of two women, Miri and Leah, their wives, who are separated for six months when Leah's deep sea mission encounters issues and she's stuck under the ocean for six mm-hmm. months. When she returns, nothing is as it was. I started reading this last Sunday and I read for an hour in the afternoon, which I have not done in so long. Like, yeah. I reckon years. Because mm. usually I read little by little every night. But I actually sat down and read for an hour straight and – I flew through it and I really like the pace of it. So mm. it's first person goes between um, Mary and Leah's perspectives mm-hmm. every couple of pages. So yeah. I think that helps the pace a lot. Maybe it's my fucked attention span from TikTok. But yeah, it's like three pages of Mary. Okay, let's go to Leah. And Leah's story is very um, grabbing because mm-hmm. she's stuck under the sea in a submarine with two of her colleagues. Mm-hmm. Also, I felt very anxious reading this post Ocean Gate. The timing, I don't think that was on purpose by our friend who chose the book. <laughs> But, yeah, I feel like after learning a bit more about the ocean, the deep sea, especially at that point, you know, pressure, the the fish and the things that are down there during Ocean Gate um, and all the TikToks, I feel a a bit more viscerally now. So I think that might be adding to the experience as well. Mm -hmm. You're also reading this. Are you enjoying it? Have you finished? 
I have not finished. Okay. I think I'm just over halfway. Okay, cool. Again, toxic trait, <laughs> recommending books before I've be like, even finished. That's very early. We we in our book club we tend like like there have been times where I'm like walking out the door finishing a yeah, book. You know same. what I mean? Um so I'm really enjoying this. I'm maybe like three quarters of the way through. It is so intriguing. I had a couple DMs of people have read it before. There's no spoilers, whatever. But it's like, it's such a unique book. Mm. Like the genre is very like, I would say it kind of really perfectly molds a world to like fantasy and then just like contemporary fiction in a way that's like really like trippy for the reader because you're like, it's it's almost like confusing at times. Um, I'm loving the writing style. I'm loving the beautiful insights into some of like the character's the character's quirks i don't want to like spoil anything um so yeah like i'm really glad that i've read this book because it's not like a book i've read before mm-hmm. um so yeah mm-hmm. there you go that recommendation it's a couple of years old i think it came out in 2020 mm. from my memory is correct um it's also not very long either no it's um only a few hundred pages so well, most books are. Yeah, it's I think like it's like two hundred pages, under two hundred, yeah. or like just two hundred. Yeah, something. yeah. So it's good, especially if you're in a reading slump. I think. Mm. So I've been loving that. If you are in a book club, don't listen. Should have turned <laughs> off five minutes ago. Um, what have you been watching, reading, listening to, Maggie? Uh, so this podcast has been on my list to recommend recommend for the last few weeks. But the thing is, like, I only just finished it this week. It's got the best name in all of, like, podcast history. It is Who Shat on the Floor of Our Wedding, okay? The best, the best. Okay, so the way I found out about this podcast was it was on Twitter. Someone, like, screenshotted it and was like, oh, my God, like, we – you need to be listening to this to the general public this was like released in 2020 or something and it really just picked up again this year because of it um and it's a 13 part podcast series 13 episodes as the name suggests it is literally just like a very funny true crimey podcast to figure out who shot on the floor (laughs) at the wedding of these two women um and like the wedding was in amsterdam it's on a boat i love how both of our recommendations are like two wives two wives yeah, and there's on water the, on the seas oh <laughs> we are one brain cell oh my so I'm god not, I'm not that's so weird but yeah it's like a whodunit kind of um podcast and the its charm lays in the fact of like how seriously they take it like they literally get experts like forensic experts and like blah blah and like all this stuff like they go above and beyond it's really humorous um so the two wives are in it but they also have their friend lauren kilby who's new zealander um who kind of is a lead detective on the case um and it's just really funny it's a pretty long listen. So at the start, it was like, oh, 20-minute episodes. I'm going to tear through this. At the end, it's like an, an hour and a half episodes. That's why it took me a while. But anyway, it's a very fun, lighthearted listen. Um, yeah, that I recommend to people. I have heard a lot, yeah. a lot of recommendations for this on mm-hmm. Twitter. Do they find out who did it at the end? I'm not telling you that. Oh, I just hate mystery podcasts that like – like and in the end we don't know and it's like i just dedicated hours of my life to know a little bit more about the case but you haven't resolved it yeah so okay no spoilers on culture club no spoilers that brings us to the end of this week's episode thank you so much uh dear listeners for joining in and if you want more of our unhinged content then you can follow us on tiktok we have that up and running. It's a very brand new baby TikTok, mm-hmm. um, but that's at Culture Club Pod. 
as you know you can find us on instagram as well and if you love this episode please give us a little rate and maybe even a review um on instagram because that really helps us out on spotify and apple podcast but you can send us a little instagram rating if you did like. i say on instagram <laughs> yeah but oh i don't mind uh we'll catch you soon stay safe love you bye